0: Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. I'm Conor Faulkner and this is Driving Life. Welcome to episode 11, where I have a chat with Richard Giney, the CEO of Dublin Town, an organisation established by businesses in Dublin City Centre to promote and develop the district. Dublin Town has two and a half thousand members, including the country's top department stores and internationally acclaimed restaurants and hotels. I wanted to get his view on how Dublin City Centre is going to recover from a brutal two years and what we might have learnt about the future of the city. You can also check out previous episodes where we meet people like Shane Ross, Teresa Mannion, Ivan Yates, Frankie Sheehan, Nuala Carey, Teresa Mannion, and others. Names you'll know and some you won't have met. It's all there on SeniorTimes.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Just Google Driving Life with Conor Faulkner, and you can email me at conorfaulkner at gmail.com. But first up, it's Richard Guiney. Let's go and meet him. Richard Guiney, hello. How are you?
1: Hello, Conor. How are you? I am
0: great, thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Uh, we're Zooming again, very easy way to chat these days. Um, so come here, Richard Giney, we have to start off with the name, uh, that, that's a very famous name in retail in Dublin, Richard. Um, what's the connection? There is surely a connection.
1: Yeah, so Dennis Gyney would have been the cousin of my grandfather's, um, and they both grew up in a small village in uh, Kerry called brusna in North Kerry. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually they both came to Dublin at pretty much the same time as well in the, in the late 20s so um, so that's, that's the connection um, so yeah. we've always enjoyed having the same name but we weren't uh, we weren't shareholders or, or anything like that but we did get right, ten- yeah. so, uh, so we did, did do our shopping in Cleary's yeah, well, my,
0: Michael Guiney's, of course, there, there, there were two shops beside each other in the centre of Dublin. Yeah. And, and I remember as a small child um, going in there in the bus with my mother and grandmother at the time um, and yeah. well known in Dublin.
1: Yeah, so the, the Guiney & Co was actually Dennis's first shop. So he opened that in the, the 1930s. And then Cleary's went into liquidation in 1941. And uh, the famous story is that um, Dennis went to the liquidators and he, he gave them a cheque for £50,000 and said he'd give them an extra 200000 in January. Um, and he he basically, it was obviously during the war, um, mm. and he went he went to the north of England and bought out a whole load of warehouses, uh, brought back a lot of stock, um, and basically had an advertising uh, campaign saying that if you came to... Uh, you came up to Dublin and you spent more than £5 pounds in Cleary's that he would refund your train fare. And um, yeah. <laughs> he did rather well. Um, and he basically, yeah, he wrote a cheque for £200,000 uh, on the 31st of January. And, uh, and right he, up until uh, Cleary's ceased to exist, the uh, that cheque was actually framed and... Uh, on on the wall of uh of, of the ceo's office so um yeah, yeah he was a yeah, yeah he, he was a he was a good uh he was a good businessman same dennis yeah very much so very much that cleary story is it's actually something we might
0: touch on when we get to chatting because what you're doing now richard is you're you're well you're you're chief executive of dublin town um, and yeah. you might tell us a little bit about what that is
1: yeah. So, Dublin Town is a—it's what's called a business improvement district. Um, the, the concept actually began in North America, um, and it was really in reaction to the, uh, the what was called the donut effect. So. Um, you had uh, very, very vibrant city centres um, up to the early 1950s in, in North America. And then uh, people got cars. They moved out to the suburbs. Um, and commerce followed them. Um, so initially retail, and then you know there was the opening of business parks. So you had all the... Vibrant, uh, good stuff happening in the suburbs, and the, the cities became quite run down. Um, so the business communities that were left, um, or the business the businesses that were left within those um, those those city centres, said, okay, we're going to have to up our game, or we basically follow everybody else out into the suburbs. And they they came uh, ultimately to the business improvement district, which was basically if there's a if there's a business plan. When the business community vote for that plan then it becomes a charge levied on all the businesses within the district uh, New York Times Square uh, the fashion district um, you know they they all had business improvement district Chicago the loop uh, area in, in Chicago um, and it is it's proven to be very successful over there and they, they did manage to regenerate their cities um, and in the early 2000s the concept came over to to Europe so in the UK there's about 350 bids mm. there's few enough in Ireland there's only there's only five of us here in Ireland um but you know the it it is a it, it is a proven concept and i think at the at the moment, when you know uh, we are challenged, and um, there's no doubt coming out of the pandemic, and uh, you know there's a fundamental shift in how retail is conducted, huge increase obviously in online retail. Um, your you, your group are they primarily retailers,
0: Richard, or, or, or is there, yeah, are the um, there are publicans there,
1: or it's, it's yeah, so it's basically. Uh, Everything, our, our district is the core city centre. So we go from Stevens Green across to Parnell Street. The, how it works is that every business within that district is then part of the the overall scheme. So if you're walking down O'Connell Street, Henry Street, Grafton Street, basically everything that you see is, is part of the is part of the scheme. Yeah, so-
0: my, my, my office for years and years was in South William Street, where the the AA was 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 headquartered, and I remember paying the bill. Yeah, <laughs> I remember si- signing off on the uh, Business Improvement District uh, bill when it came in. And um, you're generally recognised as being a good thing, and um, in a sense, it's kind of business acting as a community and um, to to to, Im- to improve the landscape and improve the experience in the city centre.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we have the out-of-town shopping centres and and one of the 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 and was, this was kind of interesting in, in the when before we began, you could see their marketing messages coming up in, in consumer surveys. You know, you could see the that people were being influenced by their their marketing. And the city centre didn't have that coordination. So I suppose that was one of the, the major gaps that we 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 kind of filled in. And we're also the people behind putting up the Christmas lights and and uh
0: yeah.
1: you know the, 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 that kind of marketing stuff. Um more laterally now we're we're kind of looking at what is the future of the city? What do we do with vacant and June? It's where, where you know where are demographics uh, moving to, so it's it's actually quite uh, it's 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 very interesting. But you know we're we're in a we're in a phase of of rapid change now. So that, that a lot of our effort yeah. will go to, into that future proofing exercise. Yeah, I'll t- tell you one thing, and it's, it's kind of par-
0: partly what uh, had, had pr- prompted me to chat to you. I think I heard you on the radio. Well, I, I was on um, a news talk interview a few weeks ago now, and um, I, I was saying to the presenter, I, I just, I'd, I'd wandered around Grafton Street and Stephen's Green before coming into them. Um, and it was really bleak, uh, you know, and having lived in, I worked in that area for many years and loved it. Um, it was very much the vibrant heart of the city, full of tourists and all that. God, Richard, it looked desperately bleak. Uh, I, you know, I think we've all ha- had varying experiences in the pandemic, mm. but the, the point I was making to Kieran Cuddy, I think it was, is that uh, oh. the city centres have been big losers. Um, so, you know, some had good pandemics, some had bad. Dublin City Centre had a bad pandemic. And the, the vacant units of the Stevens Green Centre and on Grafton Street, it, it, it feels like a wounded city just now, Richard.
1: Yeah, look, uh, the larger cities. I mean, and Dublin is is fits into the pattern. The larger the city, uh, the more the pandemic uh, actually impacted and impacted negatively. So London is is experiencing a very difficult time, and, and a lot of the, the the large cities across the world. Before the pandemic, actually, the, the cities were doing fairly well. So people were coming into cities to dine, and then they were shopping, and we had like mm-hmm. two thirds of our. Uh, customers for that would come in to shop, for example, would have also engaged in um, going come for a meal or or, yeah. or social. Media and that was that was benefiting uh, city centres um and actually the other major uh, thing is that you know for the last probably about eight years more people are coming into the city to dine rather than than to shop it's the, the single biggest thing to do in the city is to dine so you know there were those shifting patterns in how people were using the cities before again before the pandemic we would have had 210,000 um Mm. Offers workers in, in Dublin One and Two. And yeah. they were a very, very strong part of the, the customer base. So you know, people were popping down to Grafton Street to do a bit of shopping oh, or, yeah. or including me. Including me. I mean single
0: single-handedly yeah. keeping the cafes in South William Street um running. <laughs> me, yeah. me, me and an army of others.
1: Yeah, so look, we really missed it. That, that's the biggest the, the the biggest thing from the pandemic was the you know, we our office occupancy went down to fourteen percent. Um mm. Now it is trickling back up and i suppose we are confident uh, that it will get back to a, a more respectable number um but you know and there's a lot of what's it what's encouraging is there's a lot of demand for office space in dublin still um so that, that's that, definitely yeah. true and, and
0: and rents are holding up you know uh, despite the fact that an awful lot of people said the um you know a, a office rent's bound to come down remote working yeah. a, a, mm-hmm. an end to the
1: office uh as we used to know it I wonder how true that's actually going to be I'm I'm not convinced that it's going to be totally true I think there will be you know the hybrid model and people will be working a certain number of days from home um, and you know what people what office managers are saying to us is that the first uh, the first lockdown you know you, your people were sending people home and saying you know continue with what you were working mm. on that's much more difficult when you're trying to train new staff. You've got graduates coming in, young people who coming. Yeah. I mean, well, really I
0: you, de- 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 definitely man does not live by Zoom alone. Uh, no, you know, absolutely. We, 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 we have to interact with each other much more than yeah. that. So
1: we do believe, um, at least I think you and I share the belief, that the cities will be back one would expect that eventually tourism will uh, recommence. And there's, there's been a lot of hotel um, construction in the city. So yeah. uh, I think, you know, we will see, eventually, we will see um, a return of tourists. So those two, those two factors, I think, would be very important, return of office workers and return of tourists.
0: Travelling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at expressway.ie, Make sure to select Seat Only Reservation Free Travel Scheme and pay just €2 euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines and stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie
1: Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doru. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones, make friends with innovation.
0: so let's imagine we do get past um you know current events the pandemic and the ukraine situation and and, and we do emerge into a, a new normal and and, and, yeah, and dublin yeah. and the, the world is back to something like what it was mm-hmm. um, d- d- is dublin then back to its old problems or what what, what do you see as the opportunities for us now
1: yeah, I, no, I, I don't think we're going to go back. Uh, we were in transition uh, before the pandemic and basically what COVID did was it consolidated what we had anticipated over a period of probably 10 years in, in terms of use of the city into a period of two years. So the technological revolution was happening um, mm-hmm. and it, that was going to continue a pace. We were going to have artificial intelligence and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and also just the, the, the other aspect is uh, the need to adapt to climate change, which will you know will favour cities, and we were you know, we were at uh, sessions in, in Brussels with the Commission talking about like how do we adapt our cities for climate change. So I think you will see more people living in cities. Uh, we were seeing changes in the the patterns of retail, and you know we have lost some large names. So you know there was going to be that change, and and it's it, I suppose what we'd be looking at in cities is is making them destinations where people want to be you know people don't have to come to the city to shop they can shop online or you know they've got plenty of options in shopping centers etc so we have yeah, to so make. So there, a- ha-
0: there, there, ha- there have to be a couple of things in 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 the formula richard don't don't there yeah. uh, i mean for, firstly we have to have people living in the city yeah. centers it cannot simply be a a, a work and le- leisure destination and yeah. um, what's what's the business community's view on things like dereliction tax or uh, i don't know if you've heard any of david mike Williams where he's basically saying it's a crime against society to have an unused site like a broken tooth in in one of our towns or cities.
1: Yeah, look, I think, you know, obviously, you know, we need need to utilise the assets that we have. Um, Believe it or not, it can be quite difficult to find out who actually owns property, so you know you, you do have uh, uh, you know buildings that are are becoming derelict even even in, in the heart of Dublin City Centre where the property is is obviously of significant value um, and actually trying to find out who owns that particular property can be can be a, an interesting uh, exercise but I think you know there's other things like you know the, the back lanes that have been allowed to become derelict for over mm-hmm. and centres of antisocial behaviour. Um, and there's an architect in Capel Street, Sean Harrington, who was engaged as part of the Dublin One project, that, and he he basically came up with really imaginative ideas. Some of them are residential uses, others are you know where we could bring uh, new uses, uh, for example, bringing in arts and crafts into those locations, and again, you know, giving people a reason to be on those uh, those lanes. So I think the red, certainly the, there's a demand for the residential, um, and uh, and I think some of the other uses. So I think we can be. Yeah. More imaginative about the the kind of use of those spaces. So I think we're going to see a lot. Of, I think we're going to see a lot of that kind of more imaginative thinking, and and certainly developers are looking at some of these options. Obviously, you know, as you said, uh, rents haven't come down. Uh, property is still very valuable. So you know, when you've got a like right in the heart of the city, uh, a, a, a derelict space, um, having developers utilizing those kind of uh, spaces and, and coming up with good ideas um, is something that we'd certainly be very enthusiastic about. Yeah. Because in the broadest sense,
0: if you're a retailer, um, you, you know, there, there, there there's a fair few things stacked against you. There, there, there's online shopping hugely boosted by the pandemic, so your big rival is Amazon, no matter what you're doing, even if, it, even if it's arts and crafts out of a unit in, in Dublin City Centre. Um, and then the other more traditional rivals are the, the, the out-of-town Traders, your yeah. your Liffey Valleys and Blanchardstowns and Dundrums. Um, so in all of that mix, um, who'd, who'd be a retailer? <laughs> um, and, and, and if people don't want to be retailers, then, then, then what do we use the street fronts in our cities for and, and, and why are people there?
1: Yeah, no, look, all of those are, you know, they're, they're very valid questions. And and, and another uh, thing to throw into the mix is that people are buying less material goods. You're spending more money, as I said, on dining or entertainment and, and those kind of experiences. So I don't I don't subscribe to the view that there will not be retail. I think people will still, you know, the nature of retail is going to change. is going to be more experiential. Um, I think retail will have to link into some of those other uses. Um, So, for example, when somebody's coming in to go to the theatre or or to go for a meal, we make it easy for them to also shop. Um, And I think we're we're going to have to be a lot more imaginative about that. There there is a big discussion about what do we do with some of those large spaces. So, you know, we do have a a large Debenhams on on Henry Street that's still empty um again throughout the uk they're having those kind of uh, having similar conversations about what do we do with those spaces so some of them are you know like turning them into entertainment uses and there's you know again uh very large increase in the, the number of people who um are saying that they're attracted to the city to for the arts to culture and entertainment and um, i think we will see things like gaming and interactive uses um the, the, a massive stadium was built in china for people will come and watch other people playing computer games. I, I still can't get my head around them. they can fill the space. Um, but I think some of those kind of interactive and, and using artificial intelligence and, you know, I think there will be people who will... You know, want to engage with that uh, that sort of entertainment. Yeah. Plus, the more traditional entertainment the the you know the 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 um, the theatre, the cinemas, whatever. So, I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see more residential. I think at at, at upper floor levels, key thing will be that we maintain vibrancy at ground floor. So, I think we will have mm-hmm. to look at. You know the models like Berlin where the, you've got commercial use of ground floor and then residential above it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I mean a lot a lot of the upper levels in Dublin are essentially wasted. Uh, I mean if you consider Grafton Street enough. for example, you, you pay, you know you pay full rates to be ground level on Grafton Street. That's a premium place where you want to be. And um, but the floors above are You'd essentially wasted. Uh, I mean, it,
1: yeah, no, look, it, it, and you're absolutely right. So I think you know, um, th- and there's a lot of discussion about how do you bring those into productive use, uh, now now. There, there are challenges around you know health and safety and bring them into residential use and, and trying to meet modern standards um and i know there's a there's a discussion again in the uk about do we bring those properties onto the onto the market and say look this building was built in 1840 it is not going to be wheelchair accessible um do you want to basically we, 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 we've, we've never really been far-sighted enough um in
0: in, in, oh. in dublin and you, you can cite many examples of that Uh, the still unbuilt
1: metro if we'd built it while we were talking about it we'd have the bloody thing now Um, absolutely on that one I was just uh, I was saying uh, somebody sent me a a clip of um, the chairman of CIE in 1974 talking about the subway that CIE wants to build you know um, mm. And that was actually the year I was in junior infants, and, and, um, and it, it's now proposed to deliver us two years after I retire on the basis of five. 65. Entire working life has
0: gone past. Incredible. Which, yeah, all yeah. Kind of happens, e- so. yeah. Even in a tighter time frame than that, like within the last yeah. 20 years, while the conversation yeah. has been going on in Dublin, uh, yeah. Madrid has built a metro. The, the, and, the citizens are using it now. And, you know? Yeah, so, so, so the, like the transport conversation is the one that I frequently get pulled into yeah. when, we're, when we're talking about city centres and the tension between how do you get people in and out comfortably um, versus, you know, if you fill everything up full of cars, it's a miserable experience for everybody, including those in the cars. Does Dublin Town uh, have a view on that or do you pitch into that debate?
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm 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 actually on the the council's transport committee, and um, access is you know, the, if you're if you're looking at you know where people feel upset about the city, one is perceptions of safety, which we we do need to improve, um, and the second one is is, is issues around access. Um, you hit the name in the head. Like when I went to when I started this job first, like I was obviously the first person in Ireland to do it. Um, so I did go around and, and talk to people who'd be doing similar jobs and tried to pick their brains. But I went to I went to the West End um, and met the, the the West End company. Um, and I said, you know, when they introduced congestion charge, I presume your retailers got very upset. And I saying, not really, because eighty four percent of people who shop in Oxford Street, for example, uh, come in on on the tube. And yeah. if you're if you're going to Bond Street, um, you know, paying forty pounds for parking in the afternoon, uh, with your Land Rover or Bentley, isn't you know, it's part of the it's 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 not going to cause a blip yeah. on your credit card. Nope. but at the point when London
0: brought in its congestion charge, which is mm-hmm. it's at least fifteen years ago now, I remember yeah. I remember the conversation at the time. But at that time, it, only thirteen uh, percent of yeah. people accessing the congestion charge area did so by are because yeah. 87% exactly. already used public transport. Exactly. In Dublin uh, the public transport system is not capable of carrying half of the commuters, let alone 87% and taxing the others. It, it physically isn't there.
1: No, and look, you know, the, the a bus carries about three thousand passengers per direction per hour. Um, the Lewis did carry about eight and a half thousand. With the extension of you know the long carriages, mm. here, to about eleven thousand. The Metro would carry twenty thousand, and and the Dart uh, slightly more. So you know that's the you, you need to be in that twenty thousand uh, category, and you need uh, other you know public transport options that connect with those things that can carry the twenty thousand. Um, and it is just not acceptable that we're we're still talking about it it's it's such an obvious one um mm. and the vibrancy of the city and you're absolutely right i mean i i, I we do need to keep car access and, and keep the the car parks open but we have to give people the options of using um, the other forms of transport as well mm. and you know we're, we're we're basically still road based and um, so we're you know we're still very heavily dependent on the uh, on the bus and it's being considered Consistent right throughout out our period of 40 42% of people who come to dublin use the bus um, and it should we should be looking at the, the the underground options and and basically getting people in you know that, that 20,000 rather than the the you know the mm. the low thousands per direction per hour and having people stuck in traffic anyway i mean it's none of this is making sense and um it's it's mm. beyond beyond frustrating yeah, so I I, I suspect uh, Dubliners
0: will still be having this conversation after my time, uh, um, and to talk try. about the opportunities yeah. we missed. Um, yeah. So 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 for all its frustrations, though, Dublin um, does have a lot going for it. I mean, if we if yeah. we remember pre-pandemic, the conversation we were having was that you know Dublin was gobbling up the country in terms of. Yep. Uh, Hotels and and tourist footfall, and, yeah. you know, the complaint was people weren't getting out to, to, to rural Ireland anymore. It was all Dublin city breaks.
1: Yeah, well, look, Dublin is you know people still enjoy the the, the, the Dublin experience, and, and and as we were mentioning earlier, there's still massive demand for office space in Dublin. There's still a pipeline of very interesting businesses that want to um, to locate here but i think mm. you know uh dublin and dublin has a very good mix and one of the things as well you you mentioned that you like you worked in South William Street. Yeah. We did manage to preserve a lot of our architectural heritage and, and reutilise that. So, you know, wow. on South William Street, we had great restaurants, uh, we had great shops in you know seventeenth, eighteenth, eighteenth and nineteenth century uh, Yeah, go-
0: well now listen, I think the best mark we can
1: give ourselves there is could do better, Richard. I mean, this yeah. this is the city that
0: destroyed Wood Key to build a. Yes. Ugly abomination. And yeah. even even on South William Street, I mean, one of my grumbles just in the city centre area generally was the quality of the paving. It, yeah. um, uh, you know, particularly when you come back from another city. I mean, you, yeah. you know, European city breaks being the thing that people were doing, you know, most of us familiar, but um, and if you know, just areas of Dublin just look shoddy when you when you take a moment to notice the you know
1: the yeah, no, okay. paving. Definitely paving now. I know the 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 Grafton uh, the Grafton Quarter redevelopment. So obviously there was the upgrade of Grafton Street, Chatham Street, there, and um, Duke Street and Ann Street are are, are, are progressing this year and um, Fade Street. So again, I think it's something that we'd like to see rolled out more quickly on the north side, the Dublin One project is, you know, looking at uh, redevelopment of Wolf Tone uh, Square, the redevelopment of Mary Street, uh, upgrading of Tone Street. I think, you know, as I said, looking at the, uh, the, the back lanes. So there's a lot of those kind of plans and they are being rolled out. I think we're going to have to roll them out more quickly. Um, there's a real there's a real opportunity here. And I think one of the things that we're we, we need to do better is is having that uh, confluence of understanding, let's say, between the, the private sector and the and the public sector in terms of what the uses of the city are going to be and how do we facilitate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they will be a good thing. We should embrace them.
0: And yeah. um, we yeah. should embrace them. So if people want to get in touch, Richard, it's Dublintown.ie.
1: Yeah, Dublin Town. Uh, so we we have uh, we have two two kind of platforms. The there's the Dublin Town where we you know we promote our, our members, and then we have We Are Dublin Town, uh, which is basically more. I suppose it's more uh, business interactions. But you know, info at dublin town.ie g- is a, an email address that gets to all of us. Um, and we we do we 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 listen closely to the public. We do a lot of re- consumer research as well
0: so yeah Yeah. a bright future for dublin we 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 all hope and believe and listen richard you're very good to take the time to talk to me and you know best of luck in your endeavors uh, on behalf of the business and retail community and trying to improve uh, dublin and the dublin experience for all of us thanks richard
1: thank you connor Um, and best of luck take care
0: there you go that's richard gyne in a slightly different version of the show this week thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed it Please check out previous episodes where you'll find chats with people like Shane Ross, Teresa Mannion, Ivan Yates, Dermot Bannon, Brian O'Donovan, and others. It's all there on SeniorTimes.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Just Google Driving Life with Conor Faulkner, and you can email me at conorfaulkner at gmail.com. Until next time, drive safely, live happily, and come back and see us again. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.